All right, guys, before we get stuck into today's episode, I want to thank the major sponsor of the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast, Unify Health Supplements. Unify have the highest quality ingredients on the market along with the best tasting products. You guys can head to unifyactive.com and use the code DJK10 to get 10% off all products on the website. So that's DJK10 at unifyactive.com to save 10% on all products with Unify Health Supplements. Let's get stuck into the show. Gabby Bernstein is a number one New York Times bestselling author, an international speaker, and a self-proclaimed spirit junkie. I first picked up one of Gabby's books called The Super Attractor back in 2017, and it had a massive impact on my life, and I'm super pumped to be sharing Gabby's story with you guys today. Hi, guys. It's Gabby Bernstein. Welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. I'm so psyched to be here. Welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Kennedy, and I'm here to help you become the very best version of yourself. Gabby, thanks so much for joining us today. Really appreciate your time. And before we dive in, I just wanted to say that I've taken so much away from all of your books, in particular, The Super Attractor. That was one of one of the first kind of personal development self-help books that I really dived into and at the time, it just resonated with me so much and it's something that I continue to refer back to to this day and I've shared with so many people um, and a lot of the synchronicities that have happened within, like even I, ref- I remember, I'm sure this this person will be listening to this episode too. <laughs> a friend of mine, I, I remember recommending the Super Attractor to her and you know she was going through a tough time at the time and I think it was maybe two or three months later, I was back at her house and that next time that I was there, the book literally arrived while I was there. While you were there, nice. Crazy. Um, but sorry <laughs> for the long intro. Welcome to the show and thanks so much for being here. So the book was following you. It was following me, yeah. It continues yeah. to follow me. Um, Gabby, one of the first things I wanted to talk about is for someone that's listening or watching at the moment that may feel like they're at a low point in their life or may not have much experience with manifesting and they envision themselves being in a much better place, what is some practical advice you can share in terms of getting out of that low point and really starting to attract and manifest a much more positive outcome and, and a life that they truly desire? If someone's listening right now and interested, open to seeing their life through the lens of possibility rather than fear or open to the idea that there might be a better way, a gentler, softer way, then they've already begun the process of manifesting. We have a moment-to-moment decision that we can make. Am I going to choose to lean into the fear and to the suffering or am I going to lean into the creative possibilities of what could unfold if I open my heart and my mind to it. And so that simple shift of just recognizing the desire to see things differently is enough to start. And it's actually probably the most important step because Mm. it's a choice to suspend your disbelief and a choice to see things differently. And to see through a lens of love and possibility and greatness and tune into what you refer to and what you now have expressed you love is your super attractor power. So I just want to acknowledge that if anyone's here even just listening, they press play. They're already starting Mm. manifesting. 
I know you're big on affirmations and there's been plenty that I've come across in your books that uh, are affirmations that I still use to this day. Do you find it important or uh, impactful for someone that may be in that position to come up with their own affirmation or their own, I guess, I don't know if you call it mission statement, but a, a statement that they can continually refer back to, particularly when they feel like things aren't going super well or when they feel like unsafe or in an environment where they they are unsure of whether they are continuing to manifest what they've they've started their journey with? I love to lean on the affirmation, I choose to see through the lens of love. It really leans into that operative word of choice. I choose to see through the lens of love that through my own choice, I have the power to shift my perspective. And from a spiritual perspective, that shift is the miracle. That shift in your thinking is the miracle. So really opening your heart and opening up to the willingness to see through the lens of love, to see your circumstances differently is the most powerful affirmation of all. Because it's not actually saying I am this or I'm going to force myself to see, you know, if you're like, you know, feeling lack and you go right into I am abundant, your ego, your fear mind is going to just say, fuck you. Like, no, I don't believe that. Whereas if you just simply say, I choose, I choose to see this through the lens of love. That choice, while it may not be fully embodied yet, is still a commitment and it's something that's possible to lean into. Mm. And I guess one of the things that I've used a lot, one of the tools that I've taken from you is the choose again method. And it's something that I talk a lot about with my clients and, and people that I'm talking to about your work. Are you able to give us a practical example of how that would play out for someone um, in real time, the choose yeah. again method? Because it's something that I've found super impactful and, and made a really big difference for me in my life. Yeah. The choose again method is fun. You notice the fearful thought that you have on repeat, your inner critic that's always with you, talking, talking, talking. We're very familiar about those voices inside. And you notice it and you just notice how it makes you feel. Then you take a moment and you forgive yourself for having that thought because it's not the truth of who you are. It's just a thought that you keep thinking. And as Abraham Hicks say, that the beliefs that we have are just thoughts that we keep thinking. So if we can just forgive the thought, we can remove it from the perception of who we are. So forgive yourself. Say, okay, that's just a thought I keep thinking. The third step is to choose again. And this is the fun part. This is reaching for the next best feeling thought, reaching for a thought that feels good, a thought that you believe in, a thought that can be something that you want to grab onto. And like I said earlier, it's not going to be going from I'm broke to I'm a millionaire, but you could go from I'm broke to I'm willing to see creative possibilities for abundance. Mm -hmm or I'm open to new employment opportunities, or I have some friends that have this interesting career and I can go have coffee with them and talk about it. Whatever feels good to lean into is enough to help you choose again. And then the goal of that choose again process is just to keep choosing again and choosing again and reaching for the next best feeling thought. So just continuing to reach for one thing after the other and, and really start to pile them on, bring that frequency up. What it is, is it, if you start to continue to reach for the next best feeling thought and the next best feeling thought is it starts to get momentum. And the mm. more and, and what it also does is it unwinds the momentum of the negative thought that's on repeat. So it's yeah. a it's a pattern interrupt. It's a redirect. It's a prayer. It's an affirmation. It's a conscious commitment to see things differently. Uh, 
this doesn't in any way override therapy or you know, I want to really be clear yeah. that while these tools are very impactful, there's deeper work to be done. And in my latest book, Happy Days, I go real deep into that 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 mm-hmm. unearthing of the other layers. But I think that practices like the choose again method are so powerful for people that are new to these kinds of methods and new to spirituality or personal growth or therapy because it's just putting you into a different energy. It's putting into you into an energy of possibility rather than an energy of despair. And that's a really good direction to be going in. Yeah. Well, quite quickly changes your frequency as well, brings you to a much higher frequency in a really short period of time. That's right. You mentioned Happy Days. Uh, I really enjoyed that book and particularly the understanding of uh, big T and little t trauma, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Um, I think you referred to it as. So I'd like to really touch on the the little t trauma because I, I know that will relate to a lot of the audience in, in the time that we have. But uh, firstly, are you able to just give an explanation of what the difference between big T and little t is? And then second to that, some ways that people can start to work through their conditioning and their limiting beliefs or maybe an undesirable uh, outcome that has caused this little t trauma in the first place. Yeah, sure. I, I I think that we all have experienced some form of trauma. Some of us have experienced really extreme trauma, complex trauma, experiences like being abused as a child or living with an alcoholic parent or living through a catastrophic event or surviving a catastrophic event. These kinds of traumas can actually affect the child's brain, the human brain. They can affect your nervous system. They can put you into a state that's very frozen, really uh, a state of of a constant fight flight response, and a lot of mm-hmm. um, and the, and the full inability to be present with life. This this was my experience as a, a child um, who a, a survivor of trauma in my childhood. And then there's the small t trauma, which is what happens to the human condition. You're bullied on the playground, or your teacher told you you were stupid, or you're you may have had your needs met, but you weren't seen and heard, or you're you know you were introduced to video games too young. You know, like I'm seeing even I have a four year old, and some of his friends who his contemporaries who are like five are doing like Fortnite. You know, like are you kidding me? You know, that's traumatizing. So. that kind of small stuff that seems so insignificant can have such a major Mm. impact on someone's life. And so beginning to address those traumas, big or small, is something that's very prevalent in the world right now. the, The language around trauma and mental health is so much more present and accessible. And I'm really proud, my, I'm most proud of my book, Happy Days, because it's a fearless inventory of my journey from trauma to profound freedom and inner peace. And I wouldn't have been able to write the book if I hadn't lived to come out the other side. So that's probably what I'm most proud about is that I was able to survive yeah. and thrive and live to tell. And through the book, I share a lot of methods for how to overcome and, and work with trauma and the spiritual and therapeutic practices that saved my life. Probably my most important manifesting book, because when you change your energy and you start to change your your inner state, that's when you become fully aligned with your super attractor power, because you're now at peace. Yeah, for sure. And for 
in terms of, and I would highly recommend everyone everyone go and uh, either read or listen to Happy Days or have the the link in the show notes below. But in terms of different ways of working through that, you know, different um, therapies and whatnot, you personally, what have you found to be the, the more effective approach for you? I'm sure it'll be different for everyone, but in terms of working through your, I guess, big T trauma, like what, what has been the most effective? In the book, I introduce several different practices, but in particular, one uh, trauma therapy called EMDR, which is eye movement desensitization and reprocessing, which really touches into bilateral brain stimulation. What it does Mm -hmm. is through tapping on two different, like tapping on your right hand, tapping on your left hand, or listening to a buzzer in either ear, or having some kind of bilateral stimulation, you're actually opening up your brain's window of tolerance to reprocess historical emotions, um, phobias, traumas. So that has that was really settling for my system early in the recovery. I then moved into somatic experiencing, which is really about letting the body reveal the trauma. And it's much less talk and much more physical. In the, it's even in its name, somatic experiencing. Yeah. And I share some really cool practices in the book where you can actually start to use SE, somatic experiencing. And then the most important trauma therapy of all for me is internal family systems therapy known as IFS, founded by my friend Dick Schwartz. I've gone on to become trained in this model. And it's really about creating and establishing a connection to the child, the traumatized children inside of us, the parts of us that never were cared for, and the parts of us that also are really in protector mode, like the parts that are controlling or the parts that are addicted that are just constantly running Mm -hmm. the show in our life to try to keep us from having to face those historical wounds as children. And as we start to connect to those child parts inside of us and bring our adult resourced, undamaged self, so the God within us, the love within us, the inner Mm -hmm. parent within us, start to bring that energy to these little children inside of us, we can create a much calmer internal system. I'm writing an entire book right now about IFS. It is going to literally knock the socks off of the of humanity. <laughs> I'm taking this beautiful work of my very profound friend Dick Schwartz and I'm just making it self-help. And the title of the book is Self-Help. I'm literally making this something that's accessible to the masses and democratizing this model so that people can have access to it. And it's 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 life-changing. Truly. Incredible. Um looking forward to when it when it comes out for sure. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you personally knew um, Wayne Dyer, am I right? Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Yeah, he's another one that I, I refer back to a lot and, and find his his content and his lessons so valuable. Uh, I'm intrigued to know like what was, uh, it might be a bit hard to narrow it down to one thing, but what was one of the, the main takeaways or learnings that you kind of gained value from um, through knowing uh, Wayne Dyer or through his, his content? What Wayne offered me most was witnessing the human experience of a teacher, a human that was living with the thoughts of heaven. And while he had his humanness and his flaws and his fuck ups and whatever might have been in his human condition, he really believed in heaven. He really 
Mm. I mean, he's, he's still with us in a different form, but he believed, and when I say heaven, I mean spiritual realm. He yeah. lived here, but he thought with the thoughts of a spiritual realm. And that doesn't mean he didn't have an ego. It doesn't mean that he didn't have a human experience. It didn't mean, you know, but it means that he was living in full body faith. And that faith and that embodiment of that faith for me was the greatest teaching he offered me. Amazing. Thank you for sharing. I know that a lot of your your books, as particularly early days, but even even as of late, have come off the back of a lot of your experiences, which at the time um, may come across and feel negative, but they've obviously you've obviously used those experiences to help a lot of people and then also work through them yourself. I'm interested to know, like, because I feel for a lot of people when they get to a point where they feel like things are going really well or they're feeling in a really good place, they almost self-sabotage themselves because they feel like it's too good to be true or they get to the point where they're like, something has to go wrong soon. So for you now, like, what are some of the things you're doing on a daily basis or weekly basis? I don't, I don't know what it looks like for you in order to maintain that high level of frequency and and continue moving forward and not feel like things have to drop back down, I guess, from mm. going off from your past experiences and what you've learned. I practice the self-help. So I, the, I've taken this model of internal family systems therapy. I've simplified it for my own day-to-day -day practice. I'm, like I said, writing about it in a book, but I live it. So every time I notice myself in a part of me, in like an activated child triggered part, I check in, which is the first step. I check in, notice what's happening on the inside. I get comfortable kind of leaning into the somatic experience of that. What does it feel like? What is it? Is it tight? Is it dark? I notice it. And then I become curious about it. How old is this part of me? Is it a gender? Does it have a time frame? Is there a storyline attached to it? And I create a deeper awareness and understanding and I just simply witness it. And then I connect to it by really asking it, how can I help you? Do you want support? Do you want help? What is it that you need right now? And often I can listen and let that part of me speak up and it'll say, I need to get out of this house and run around outside, or I need to play, or I need to relax, or I need to meditate, or I need to ask for help, or I need support, or I need to just be seen. Mm -hmm. And in being in that constant contact with these different parts of myself through the lens of that self energy, that internal parent inside of me, I have had, I'm just gonna repeat that for you. I have had the profound experience of transforming the way that I see myself and the way that I see the world around me. And I can, I can self-soothe in the moment. I can come back to safety in the moment. I can witness up. Oh, I am fucking activated right now. How can I you know, pull that back and, and unwind that naturally rather than forcefully or rather than, you know, what some folks might do, like I've been sober, but maybe somebody picks up a drink or maybe somebody goes and enrages on somebody or, you know, you have all mm -hmm. these different ways of, of diffusing those different feelings inside of us. But what happens when we relate to those feelings inside of us is that we can actually help them be less extreme and give space for new patterns and new neural circuits to be put into place. Awesome. That's really cool stuff. I, the more you talk about it, the more I'm, I'm really starting to look forward to this book eventually coming out. Um, I think the word surrender and let go um, 
is really something that I've started to take on a lot lately in terms of not trying to force outcomes, being able to be at peace with what is and whatnot. Aside from forcing the outcome, are you able to talk us through some other manifestation blocks that people um, experience and, and how they can kind of, I don't know, switch those out or, or kind of remove them so they are able to live more in alignment? Definitely. And, and this is actually all the the topics I'm going to cover when I come to Australia. So I'm excited I can teach you this in real time in person in Melbourne. Um, the the methods for manifesting a life beyond your wildest dreams very much are, are less about going out and doing something or getting something, but it's about releasing the blocks to the presence of that attracting power that's already there. And some of the blocks you mentioned, controlling, trying to make something happen, even the the repetition of the fearful belief systems, the uh, the sort of like thirsty, needy energy of trying to like you know get seen, the the uh, playing tricks with the universe. There's a lot of people out there that are blocking their actual attracting power because they're they're you know just constantly you know overly meditating or overly spiritualizing something to the point of trying to force it into being, and so. I'm going to cover all of this in my in my tour, on my tour in Australia, but but the main thing I would say is to notice in the moment how you feel, because if you feel resistant or you feel anxious, mm -hmm. or if you feel afraid, or if you feel uncomfortable, you're misaligned. But it's not because of that you're bad or you're wrong. It just means that there's an inner inner part of you that needs tending to. And you don't want to override those feelings because then you just actually, they multiply. You just create more of them. Mm. And so it's really about pivoting and, 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 and doing some of the work I just mentioned earlier of looking inward, doing that inner connection, and then coming back to that alignment. But you can't just be like, you know, I'm going to do this and do that. Yeah, you can go for a run. Yes, you can sit in a meditation. Yes, you can say a prayer. There's a lot of ways to get back into alignment. But the greatest way is to really start to tend to your inner world. Thank you for sharing. When you are writing a book, because I, I know there's been plenty of them, and you know, as I'd mentioned previously before we jumped on in the intro, that uh, you know, New York Times bestselling author, which is which is awesome. So congratulations! But when you are writing your book, going through that process, do you find it difficult to continue managing and running the businesses and and keeping everything else? Um, I don't know if balance is the right word, but aligning all the parts of your life that would typically be there when you're not writing a book, like does that get quite difficult? Is there any tools you like to use or, or structure that you like to use to make sure that you don't kind of overdo it or get to that state of overwhelm? Yes, Danny. <laughs> so I I want to acknowledge that I've written, not, uh, this is my 10th book I'll have written in 13 years. So I know it's nuts. And a lot of my books I wrote on the airplane for the previous book tour, you know? So I wouldn't have said it in the past. I was, I would always be like, oh, the books are coming out of me and I just like have to get them out. And I, and the space was there and, and, and it happened. But right now I'm actually noticing for the first time that I'm different. The quality and the, and the type of content that I'm writing is different. It's not, it's not just downloading and channeling spiritual messages. It's also translating and demystifying this extraordinarily profound therapeutic model that I respect, swear by, and also owe it to my friend who invented this model, who has taught 
thousands and thousands of therapists throughout the world to really do it justice by teaching it to the masses. And so that's no, that's a lot of pressure. Like I put a lot of pressure on myself with this one. And so I am finding it a little bit more difficult to just, because I was just writing before, and then I jump on here with you, and then I'm going to fly to Australia and do a tour, and then I've got a four-year-old boy. And so the the space that I want right now to write this book is very different than in the past. And so, yeah, I just have to be more mindful and conscious of trying to carve out that space and request it and create boundaries with my team. You know, I have a 30-person team now. We're doing big stuff internally. And I just have to say, like, everybody get it together. Do, you know, work at your highest and best because I need to also. And so, yeah, it's a lot. Sounds like a lot, uh, but obviously doing an exceptional job. And um, look, I, I want to be mindful of your time. So I really appreciate you jumping on today. And we'll get this out before you're here in Australia. So um, feel free to let us know some details about the the Melbourne event because I'm sure after this we'll get plenty of people uh, interested. So I'm going to be in Sydney. I'm going to be in Melbourne. I'm going to be in Brisbane. I think my first event is actually in Melbourne. And it's at the end of, end of April. And all the details are deargabby.com slash Australia. Deargabby, G-A-B-B-Y, dot com slash Australia. So all the details are there. I am not, <laughs> don't know when I'll be back. So if you are looking for a real powerhouse day of full-blown inspiration and high vibes and powerful tools, deep meditations, just extreme connection, you better go to that URL right now and just grab your tickets. And I'm so happy that you're going to be there. And I can't wait to meet you. I'll have to come backstage and meet me. And uh, again, it's deargabby.com slash Australia. All the details. Really looking forward to it, Gabby. And we'll obviously have those links in the show notes along with your podcast, Dear Gabby, as well, and access to all of your books um, for the listener as well. But I just want to say thank you for your time. I really do appreciate it. And and for everyone who has tuned in to the episode, whether you're listening or watching this one, if you've taken some value, which I'm sure you have, we would love for you to take a screenshot, share it on your social media, share the episode with a friend, um, tag myself and Gabby. And uh, I'm really looking forward to meeting you, Gabby. I'm so excited to meet you. It's so cool. Thanks so much. Welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Kennedy, and I'm here to help you become the very best version of yourself. 